You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your home, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversation with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, it's Jeanne-Marie Penel, and wanted to give you a heads up about this episode. I just re-listened to its entirety. We do have a very adult-centric conversation. So if you have little ones and you don't want them to hear about kind of some intimate uh, conversations that adults would have, I suggest putting in earbuds. And I would also suggest re-listening to this or listening with your partner. It's a great episode about intimacy and uh, kind of life after baby together. So enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. And today I am delighted to have a guest called Dana Myers. And Dana specializes in sexual wellness and really helps us um, as mothers, I think, as women to have that relationship uh, that we so desire with our partners after we have babies. So, uh, and I'm sure she will explain a lot better than I just did, but this is kind of the gist and I invite you to listen in. And uh, Dana, thank you so much for making the time to be with us today and to have what I think is a very important conversation. So thank you for being here. Mm, Thank you for having me. It is a very important conversation. That's true. So I'm glad to be here. Yes. And, you know, I try with this podcast that I call The Art of Parenting to really Mm. bring in experts from all fields that uh, parenting to me is really, you know, such an array of different parts of our being, of our relationship, of how we uh, communicate and such. So your uh, expertise around kind of our sexual wellness, I think, is, is very important. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. I think it's an incredibly important part of ourselves as women who also happen to be mothers who um, are also in relationships. It's such an important part of our lives um, and ourselves, our sexuality, our sensuality. And then so often for so many women, once we become mothers, it kind of takes such a nosedive and often doesn't return for months or years for many women. Um, And I find that it needs uh, nurturing. It needs communication. It needs to be talked about with your girlfriends and your partner. It needs to be brought out more in the open um, and, uh, and, and paid attention to just in the same way that we pay attention to our children. Um, Definitely. 
definitely. Yeah. And you, you, you've kind of answered it in, in your introduction, but I'd love to just start off these conversations with what your definition of the art of parenting might be. Oh my God, that's that's an amazing <laughs> question. Well, um, l- listen, my children are now six and nine, and um, gosh, the art of parenting to me, I think, is being in a constant state of growth as a human and expansion as a human and keeping an open mind and asking, I'm constantly asking myself, how can I grow as a mother right now? Um, Because for me, just when I think I've got it, (laughs) life throws me a curveball with my kids. And I've recognized that pattern now. Literally, there have been moments where I've been like, oh my gosh, we're home free. I'll look at my husband. I'll go, we're home free. We got this. We're on easy street now. And then Monday, there'll be some big crisis or big change um, that really calls upon me to grow and continue learning and digging deeper and recognizing that, um, that, again, there's just so much room to grow. So for me, the art of parenting is about being flexible, about approaching every challenge with love and um, instead of fear because we can get so scared when we're challenged and so scared when uh, our kids are challenged. But um, to just keep approaching everything with love and flexibility and looking at it as a real growth opportunity. I mean, I could go on and on, but that's really what the first thing that comes to mind is for me. Yeah, no, I love that. And just, you know, it's true. We are constantly evolving. Like, Mm. I think that their job is to keep us on our toes. So, you know, (laughs) they do a pretty good job at it. So Very much so. I feel like I'm on on point, in point point shoes. (laughs) That's how high on my toes I am with these two. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and really how you came to do the work that you're doing today. Sure. Well, professionally, I am the founder of the sexy lifestyle brand, Booty Parlor. I'm also an author. I've written two books about women and sexuality. And my last book was specifically about motherhood and self-love and sex and relationships. And that's called The Mommy Mojo Makeover. Uh, I'm also a sex and relationships coach and a speaker. I do a lot of live workshops with women. Um, And the way that I got into this, honestly, it starts with my upbringing. I had two and still have two very passionate parents. Um, They were very open about their passion for each other. Um, You know, we knew what it meant when their door was locked. They made time for each other. And... When, you know, the time came, they talked very openly about sexuality with me and they acknowledged me as a sexual being. I remember I had a conversation with my dad, you know, I was sort of starting to wild out a little bit and, um, and, uh, and he said, you know, I, I know that we recognize you as a sexual being, but now let's talk about, you know, boundaries and values and, you know, and, and being safe and all this. And, and it just set the tone for me to understand that the feelings that I was having as a teenager were natural and that this was a natural and healthy part of me 
that I could work with, that fed into my creativity, that fed into my identity. Uh, I realized I could learn about myself from having relationships with other people. Um, and so very naturally, I became that girl that all my friends were coming to for love and sex advice. Mm. Uh, at the same time, um, my mother is a makeup artist and I grew up in a beauty shop. So I grew up listening to real life conversations that women were having with each other and what they were sharing about their experiences of motherhood and relationship and, 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 and being immersed in the culture of empowerment. Um, in this particular aspect, it was empowerment through beauty and confidence um, and sharing and conversation. So beauty and sex were just always my passions. Uh, I started a career in the music business and loved that. Um, but after I tired of that, I thought, you know, I want to combine the two things I love, beauty and sex. 15 years ago when I started Booty Parlor, the quote unquote sex business was still very much the triple X business, whereas now it's the sexual wellness industry. Um, and so I started this brand with a real mission to develop something better for women. Um, and in the last 15 years, I think that the brand Booty Parlor and our products that we've created um, have really helped uh, take away some of the taboo and the stigma and really contribute to the development of a more female-focused um, industry and movement towards sex positivity. And along the way, I had two kids and quickly realized the challenges <laughs> that, that being a parent brings to your sex life and your relationship. And that's really when my work started focusing in on, on mothers and on helping mothers um, just rediscover themselves in a sensual way and help kind of um, create the bridge in your relationship um, because kids can really create distance and friction as it relates to intimacy um, and if you can create little bridges, especially in the early years when parenting is so physically exhausting and you have nothing left to give or really receive in a sexual way, um, if you can create little bridges, then you're in a much better position when you do finally start to get your energy back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And, and there's, there's so much <clears throat> that I want to, to talk about there. But there, there is one, and, and it's interesting because just the other day I got a, a DM on Instagram about, mm -hmm. I've been asking my uh, listeners and followers, you know, what topics do you want me to be talking yeah. about and, and mm -hmm. such? And we had already connected, but it just so happened that one was asking about how becoming a mother, how having children affects our relationship, affects our marriage, affects mm. um, all of that. So <clears throat> I would love for you to, you know, talk on that and then maybe go into, I know you have some practical tools that, that we can talk about as well. Yeah, sure. Of course, you know, so speaking from my own personal experience and sharing what I would say are the two most common you can call them blocks, obstacles, occurrences that happen uh, between couples once they become parents are uh, resentment and the effect that routine has on your sex life. Um, and and when you, say, when you say resentment, though, what are you 
sure to exactly yeah so <laughs> resentment um it's interesting you know when i do a workshop and i i say you know does anyone here feel resentment towards their partner since having kids every hand goes up and what i find it comes down to most often is the imbalance in um the shared load of of child rearing um, the domestic load, the mental load. So the woman feels as though she's taking on so much more and she perceives that her partner has more freedom than her. Um, and oftentimes what I hear is this sense of what starts as a proud ownership of wanting to be the best mom becomes this feeling of, well, I have to take on everything. Everything is my job. And so a lot of women stop asking for help they, they stop asking for their needs to be met. They stop asking for support. So they feel the burden. Um, and they most often don't realize that they've stopped asking for support. Um, and so this resentment starts to brew. Um, and it's a terrible feeling. And resentment is the opposite of attraction. Um, and yet, and, and yet it's, it's often a very simple fix through communication through identifying, identifying where you need more support and then asking for it in a really clear and direct way in which your partner will positively respond to. Um, but it's, you know, if you can imagine, you know, it's like that loop of muttered complaints. Why am I, why am I always the one who have to do, to do all of this? Why am I the only one that remembers that we're out of toilet paper? Why am I the one that it's just assumed that I'm going to do the dishes after a full day of cleaning and working and taking care of the kid. And so again, it, um, it can be real sticky and, and, and resentment is rarely a one way street, right? So whereas, and I'm being very, you know, stereotypical here and, and sort of speaking to somewhat classic male, female dynamics, whereas she may be feeling like she takes on more of the childcare or domestic load and isn't getting enough help, he may be feeling resentment because he's not getting the appreciation uh, or attention that he used to get before the child, that he's not getting the sexual attention. And so resentment, it's, it's almost like a silent killer because it's kind of hard to put your finger on, um, but it can really drive a wedge. Uh, and it often happens after the kids come because it's such a big change. It's such a big change in your relationship dynamic. Of course, it's also... An amazing change, but there's, you know, there's the pros and cons of everything. And the other thing that I would say um, in how having children, you know, what aspect of having children can kind of affect your, your sexual connection and that chemistry that once existed is this idea of routine. I mean, I'm, I'm a super organized person. I thrive on routine and I think family life thrives on routine um, because routine really reduces the chaos, right? Right. But intimacy and chemistry thrive on excitement. Intimacy and chemistry thrive on newness. So suddenly when you have this sort of, you become, you know, the more routine aspects of, of family life, you have dinner at the same time, you do the same bedtime routine every night, um, then you, you know, either watch a show on Netflix or you go in your opposite directions at night. This routine, it kind of kills the freshness. And of course, there's way to ways to break that up. 
But I would say that resentment and routine definitely get in the way of sex drive and sexual chemistry and sexual frequency after kids. Okay. Okay. Um, when, what do you when, think? I'm curious. What do you think about that? I think um, it, it, it makes sense, you know, the whole resentment. And I was just trying to, you know, think back if, if, uh, if I had any of that, I mean, my children are older. I have mm-hmm. my eldest is 23 and I have a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think we, I will honestly say, I think my relationship with my husband thrives on a good communication mm-hmm. from day one. So I don't think I ever let that get too far ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, there might be, you know, situations here and there that I that I you know remember and might have felt a little bit resentful but um but no and and I think also I was very fortunate to have a mother Mm. who a month after my you know baby girl was born she came to visit she wasn't there for the birth and such but she came a month later and I remember her telling me about the importance of staying sexy and staying mm. attractive yep. and to be careful of that. And and I remember it shocking me because mm. here was, I mean, my mother was, you know, a very uh, powerful feminist mm-hmm. <laughs> and such. I was like, mom, what are you saying? But it just does totally make sense because, sure. you know, we kind of, I think when we become mothers, we kind of lose ourselves into yeah this new love affair that we're having with our newborn and we're just like we're so enamored and we're just all there and you know if we're on top of that breastfeeding and all of that like we're we're kind of you know touched out and 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 all of that so it was important to to hear that and also you know she said that it was really important to always make time for our relationship and and it's true that today you know with the work that I do with parents I you know I remind them of that of how important it is to really nurture that initial love relationship I mean that's right your family started with that initial love relationship and you need to really nurture it and and make time for it and and, and put it on the calendar and, and it's a yeah. negotiable one. So yeah, absolutely. And it's hard, you know, that, that all makes so much sense when you're in the throes of those early months or years and the demands on your time have changed. Maybe you're experiencing a little loss of self or confusion in your identity. Maybe you thought you wanted to go back to work and you don't or vice versa. Um, Maybe you're feeling like your body's changed and your confidence isn't quite there. There's so many factors that go into it mm-hmm. um, that it can be hard to sort of take on that message of you need to make time for yourself and your relationship. It can be hard to take that message on and put it into practice. Um, yeah, and and I would just say maybe that you don't need to, that it's more like seeing it as that self-care, seeing yeah. it as mm-hmm. that nurturing of your you know your own essence your own femininity and all of that and and I know that you know that's what my mother meant those many years ago but at first I was like what are you talking about yes totally (laughs) yeah and speaking of of you know important and powerful messages that we receive from our mothers um 
I always saw my mother, and she was a very sexy lady, um, very vibrant. And I always saw her doing things for herself, taking the time for herself. She went to her exercise classes or she put on Jane Fonda in the living room. And, you know, if we wanted to join her, great. But that was what she was going to do for herself. She started her own business when I went to kindergarten. You know, she always pursued her own passions while really being the best mom that she could be. And I think that's that's also so important um, because I think to bring yourself into your relationship and to have that sexual vitality, on some level, you've got to be nurturing your own personal desires as well. It's hard to have sexual desire if you're not, if you don't feel like you're fulfilling your other desires too. I think it's all interconnected. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. what a beautiful, what a beautiful role model that was mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, totally. I, I call her randomly. I called her the other day. I was like, thank you so much for being such an amazing example to me of what a, you know, confident woman who takes care of herself looks like while also really, you know, mothering us with such a huge heart. And then she started crying. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think to me, it's really, it's, it's, you know, important to remember that being a mother is just one aspect of who we are. Like, it, yeah. it's not about, you know, we give up everything to, to be mothers. So, so right. to, to remember that. And, and yes, there is, I mean, there is a season for everything, you know, yes. when, when, when we have very young children, yeah, we can't go, you know, out dancing with the girlfriends and everything because our priorities are different. That's it right. doesn't, you know, it doesn't take away from all of the different um, other aspects of ourselves. Yeah, yeah I love that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So what do you, you know, to, to, you were talking about routine. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know that um, as kind of a, you know, professionally in, in the birth and all that, I know that, you know, the, the first two or three months don't even think about, you know, having sex and, right. and, and all of that because your body is recuperating. You're not, you know, so don't put pressure on yourself. But yes. once that's kind of passed, how do you, and, and I would say, you know, even though you're not having uh, you know, intercourse or, or sexual, you know, relationship, it doesn't mean that you're still making time for romantic time to still go on a date and still have that one-on-one time with your partner. Uh, to me, it is important. But when you say about the routines, like how do you encourage uh, couples to to break up the, the routine of family life? Sure. Well, I think it starts uh, with having a conversation. You know, wow, look at where we are now. Um, what do we want uh, for our relationship right now and sort of talking about like what you said, the seasons of motherhood. There's also the seasons of parenthood right now. So what looks like breaking up the routine when it's three months postpartum and the baby's still not sleeping through the night um, is going to look different when both your kids are in school and you right. have time for adventure. So I think starting this uh, open conversation and continuing to have it, um, you know, having this like relationship check-in, let's check in in a 
you know, in a meaningful way, not just in daily conversation, but let's check in in a meaningful way about our relationship, about our sex life, what's going good right now, what could be better, and how can we create, how can we co-create excitement and connection in our relationship right now? considering where we're at right now. And I think that's important, that point of exploring um, how you can break up routine, whether it's dancing in the living room or going to committing to going to see a cool show or concert once a month or trying a new sexual position in a new location once a month, um, you know, or, or, or exploring different erotic energies. Um, I think, you know, what's so important about that is a couple of things. One, when you talk about things, when you talk about sexy things, uh, you take the pressure off of it, right? Um, And especially for the man who may not fully understand the physical experience his partner is going through, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that, okay, what feels sexy to her now, like he may want to go, you know, all guns blazing again, and she may not be ready. But then if you have that conversation again in another month or two months or three months, he'll go, okay, we're evolving together. You know, our sex life isn't over. Um, And so it kind of takes this feeling of like, oh my God, have I lost my sexy woman forever? Well, no, let's check in and again, you know, she's going to be even more healed in another three months. She's going to, maybe she will have stopped breastfeeding in another few months and her hormones will continue to shift. So I think it's important to, to keep communicating in a, um, in a very intentional way. Um, every few months asking yourselves the question, what's great about a relationship? What could be better? And how do we co-create excitement right now at this moment? So really just talking about those questions. And that is, that's just a breeding ground for ideas. Like I said, right. it could be date night ideas. Um, it might be something, um, breaking up the routine, you know, might be something as simple as uh, let's go out for a family dinner one night a week. Let's take the baby out or let's take our toddlers out. Um, it doesn't have or to be. A, or get a babysitter. Yeah. Or get a, of course, <laughs> oh gosh, I, mean, I just assume, I just assume that one. But of course, God, get a babysitter. Yeah. Um, you know, no, because, uh, you know, you say you assume, but I, I've, mm. I've actually worked with parents who, you know, three years down the road, they have not gone on a date night yet. Right, right. And right. That, that is, you know, um, it's, you know, I, I'm not judging in any way, but it's no. like, be careful. Like, this is, this is the health of your, your relationship, of your marriage. And, and of your children's health. Exactly. You know, like, happy for parents. Me, it's in, yes. Yeah, it's for me, you know, just like what you grew up with, it's important to see your parents be in love and be passionate and, and such like that's, that's a good role model. So Absolutely. I always yeah, say yeah. that, you know, when two people, when two parents are getting their love needs met, it's only ever a good thing for the kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you are only focusing on the kids and not investing in your relationship, then what happens when they go to college? And you've, you, you have no other common ground. You have no other shared interests. You haven't been in the practice of having fun together or, or creating romance together. Um, you know, I want I want a lover to ride off into the sunset with when my kids finally leave the nest. And I think that you have to, um, you know, focus on creating little sensual and romantic inputs 
in your yes. daily life, in your weekly life to keep things going. It doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be something major. You don't have to, you know, try anything super kinky or crazy in your sex life. But how can we feed, how can we feed our connection in little ways every day? And that can be something as simple as, you know, as, you know, as John Gottman says, the six second kiss, do a six second kiss every day, remembering to touch each other. And I know, you know, the, the feeling of being all touched out is real, but remembering to touch each other, remembering to flirt with each other. It can be really yeah. simple, um, yeah. but it has to be. Yeah. And, and to me, it can also be just a simple, you know, going for a walk in the neighborhood and holding yeah. hands like it doesn't, you know, it's just, it's just what you're saying is really being mindful to make time for ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Make yeah. time for yourself as a woman and make time for yourself as a partner in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that in one of your books, you have uh, some practical tools and there's 28 of them. I don't expect you to share them all, but would there be like two or three, uh, you know, major ones that you share to, like you say, to reclaim your sensuality and reignite your sexuality? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think that for a woman to... Look, it's no surprise that our libidos, you know, sort of crash and burn uh, when we give birth. It's a hormonal thing. It's an exhaustion thing. It's a life change thing. Um, but I think that we're kidding ourselves if we just think that, oh, well, when we stop breastfeeding or when we heal, we're just going to automatically spring back into this state of having a really alive and, and vital libido. Um, I also think it's very important that we take responsibility for our libido and our turn on and not depend on our partner or make that solely their responsibility to turn us on. I think that is um, setting everyone up. It's the, the expectations are too high. Um, and so really what I like to recommend is a weekly solo session with yourself um, and practicing self-pleasure and tuning into your body and remembering how you achieve orgasm and, and almost really making it a ritual, um, turning on music, reading erotica, and it only takes 10 or 15 minutes. You know, it's not hard to find 10 or 15 minutes within your week, but I really do believe that, um, a lot of women, once they have babies, and they take weeks or months off of sex, then they get into this spot where it's like, well, do I even need it anyway? I mean, we're, we're kind of okay. Like, I don't really, I don't really miss it. Um, and I think that's quite dangerous, not only for your relationship, but just because pleasure is good, it feels good to feel good. Um, right, right. And, and so if you're giving yourself pleasure, you're giving yourself a chance to remember and keep at the forefront of your mind that sexual pleasure feels good. And what you're doing is you're also learning um, by exploring yourself. You're learning new creative pathways to pleasure, which you can then share with your partner and bring that creativity into your relationship. I also think that the practice of, of self-pleasure, call it masturbation, call it what you like, it's especially meaningful for moms because it's almost like a radical act of saying, I'm putting myself and my own pleasure first. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's rare that we do that, right? Because we're always giving. We're always giving. We're always wanting to make sure that everyone else feels good. Um, and so it's kind of radical to say these 10 minutes are for me alone um, and just really making myself a priority. Um I think, you know, self-pleasure is a great great way to reduce stress and get that rush of endorphins. Um, I think it can be very healing. Uh, You can, you know, give yourself an orgasm and then take a quick 10-minute nap while the baby naps. I just think that it is an often overlooked self-care practice um, that is incredibly honest and healthy and normal and healing and can really work to keep your libido feeling steady, consistent, and alive so that you can then be an equal, active, alive, participating player in your relationship in that way. Yeah. No, I like that. And no shame, no shame whatsoever. Yeah, no shame. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I think, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, and maybe... One one more tool. I'm just being mindful of the time. So. Of course. You yeah. know, look, something really simple. Again, this isn't some like kinky act, um, but something really, really simple that um, is really effective for parents is uh, sexing up your bedroom again. Like we all know that once we have kids, our bedroom kind of is no longer ours unless you're super, you know, strict on, on that boundary. Um, but in the beginning, there's bottles and breast pumps on your nightstand, and then there's Legos and toys and stuffed animals. And um, taking a moment as a team to uh, kind of create a sensual space for intimacy that is yours again, it does wonders. You know, it actually does wonders when you have a space that invites romance, um, that doesn't feel cluttered with kid stuff. Uh, that doesn't feel cluttered with technology. Um, it's very easy at night for two exhausted parents to just zone out into their devices um, in bed. But coming up with a plan to together make your shared space uh, a bit more sensual, a bit less cluttered, um, and add in a few sensual touches. Add a candle, switch up the drapes, get more sec- you know, sensual lighting. I know it seems very simple. Um, but it can be very effective at creating an inviting space where you're like, oh, wait, this this feels like a good space to be romantic together. Yeah, no, I mean, the environment affects us in so many ways, so it makes total sense to yeah. be mindful of creating that, that environment that yeah. will bring out our sensuality as opposed to, like you say, you know, we're just, um, it's just another room in the house. So, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, date night. It's so simple, but go see something new. Go see something sexy. Go try something new. Uh, The act of trying something new together helps to recreate those exciting feelings that you had when you just met and everything was new. Um, And it, you know, when you try something new together, you get to know something new about your partner. Um, And I think that's very subtle but effective at keeping that chemistry alive is never thinking, oh, I know everything about this person, but always thinking, oh, I can still learn something new and exciting about this person. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. You, you remind me of uh, going uh, lingerie shopping yeah. after, 
after my first one and then it was like oh let's go you know and it was it was exciting it was like like you say you know newlyweds but it yeah. was it was like oh I need some new lingerie like <laughs> I'm done you know I'm done breastfeeding I want I want to have my sexy sexy wear again so yes so good yeah that's nice that's wonderful oh this is this is fun I I I know we could go on for quite some time but I'm I'm being mindful of time for our listeners and I love to wrap up with um a little bit more of a personal question Mm -hmm. and and this is kind of goes back to the parenting but but I think you know with with everything that you've shared um there will be something there for you as well is you said that your eldest is nine. Yeah. So if you were to go back uh, 10 years, um, you know, back in time when you were expecting your first child, mm. what would be some wise words that you would tell yourself uh, knowing all that you know today? Mm. Yeah. Two things I would tell myself, you know, prepare, <laughs> to go through a major identity crisis. I was such a career woman and I really thought I was just going to sail right on into motherhood without without being having my you know professional life challenged. And so I wish someone had told me like it's going to take a minute for you to learn who you are as a mother. Um and and two, I would have told myself just slow down, slow down. There's no rush. You don't have to do it all and be it all at once. Just slow down and enjoy the moment. It's so cliched. It's like, it's what everyone says, enjoy the moment. But man, when you look back, it's it's real. That it, that that hindsight is real. Just slow down and enjoy the moment. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, could you share a little bit about where our listeners can learn more about your work? Yes, definitely. You can learn more about my work at my website, which is Dana B. Myers, D-A-N-A-B-M-Y-E-R-S.com. And um, once you're on that site, you can find out about my private Facebook group for moms, which is called The Satisfied Mama. And we're in there talking about self-love, sex, and relationships after kids. And also on Instagram. I share a lot of sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff about my personal life and family on Instagram. And that is at Dana Myers XOXO. Wonderful. And I will have all those links um, in the show notes as well. So, well, thank you so much for your time, Dana. This has been a really fun conversation. And like I said in our intro, a very important one. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. 
you know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.